sports family, so I got to see what sacrifice looks like. I got to see what discipline and business look like. So it was a combination. Just growing up in the hood, uh, you know, just seeing our people struggle, you understand what I'm saying? And, and really asking the question, why? Not have to worry about the pandemic and not have to go through what a lot of people are going through right now uh, during COVID-19 or any other time. I just want to show the people what's right and the proper way to go about doing it. You know what I mean? Um, it's a lot of scams, foo-gazy, foo-foo stuff out here as it pertains to trading that has left a bad taste in a lot of our people's mouths, right? And uh, they never go back to trading or even learning how to reason why we should even be having a conversation if we don't have next year or two years from now this, this many people are millionaires. Like, we, we can't really have a true conversation. I brought my camera sat my camera down and I filmed him. I didn't try to convince him, come on man, this is a good idea, this is a good idea. I filmed him, I streamed it online, got the results, and I brought him results, I didn't bring him an idea. And I think that's where a lot of us are going wrong. You bring the people. It's more so the amount of people uh, that is the most important thing. This is what's gonna attract the people with the cars. This is the shiny thing that's gonna get them. But behind this is all the work that he's put in. Behind this is all the work we put in as a business. So that's the most important thing, passive impact. And we are live. I don't know what we're talking about, but my name is Brother Ben X. And I'm Dr. J. Taylor Jacobs. And you are tuned in no, to the No, you need to start ABS introducing yourself brother. as Dr. Brother. Well, they ain't manifested yet. It ain't, it ain't there yet. It, it just don't, it don't I ain't going right. to say it with the right with the right energy uh, unless until it's the, like until the picture stamp, I got you I got you know what I mean? so yeah we, we gonna wait on that we gonna wait I on just that. got the text you so. did yeah I mean it ain't there it I ain't still there gotta, I still gotta get my writing I'm kinda procrastinating on my writing I gotta get the writing together why don't you just so here's my voice, thing why don't you what, what, voice what, like you always do why yeah. are you what, what's going well, on but here's my thing is it like do I have to do it against real estate or do I just like tell them why no no you you need to defend you need to defend y'all have already been y'all have already been confirmed and approved like so I just need to defend why yes. social media, digital real estate yes. is. Yes. That's, yes. Gonna, that's gonna be easy. Yes. So I ain't gotta be like all these statistics and research. I, mean, I gotta it, do all it that. It would be good. Bit. It would yeah. be good to to do that. Okay. It'll be good to do that because it is your dissertation. So that like, you know, you. I can, mean, it's not hard to prove, but you know, I just gotta go ahead and just not. I'm gonna just take a. I'm gonna take a couple true, days out. And a true dissertation is only 23, 24 pages. Yeah, I'm gonna just I'm gonna just take a couple days out and knock this thing out. So just act so like, by the time y'all well no not by the time y'all see this act like just do a podcast do a live podcast have it planned out and just do it right show the facts and go through it like that and then have it transcribed. Transcribe. Mmm, becoming a doctor live. No, just say this is my this is me doing my dissertation. Yeah, yeah. Just be Brother like a dissertation. dissertation. Mm. And then it's my, uh, my defense against this, and then literally come back all the statistics. Make sure you keep uh, the sightings of you know where you research your stuff, and then when they complete the dissertation, they can just put the sources in. We do have an announcement though. My announcement is I got my first big bank approved. That's a huge bro. That's huge. Bro, I was smiling. I was smiling for about thirty minutes. I got my first big bank tell him, tell him, approved. Tell um, immediately, we're looking at I think what three point eight million as a death benefit. The following year is going to be four point two. Um, I think right now, uh, what I can pull from is about sixty four, something like that. Oh, you got sixty four percent approved. I mean, uh, in your reserve, that's hard as fuck. 
Yeah. It pays to be young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, cause I, if I was older, I wouldn't have that much. Well, I mean, see, no. when you're young, you have, see, when they tell you, when yeah. they tell us health is wealth. That's facts. The real health is wealth. Of course, you know, you you, you want to have um, a good body because you don't want to have a bunch of uh, a bunch of wealth, but you're in a hospital sick and you can't use it. But another reason health is wealth is because your life insurance policy be looking all right. It be looking pretty good when you're young and you don't smoke, drink, you ain't got no diseases and nothing like that, you know. Y- your life insurance policy, you get a little few more perks and benefits. So let's talk about so that you got, today. Bro, you got 64% in your reserve? I guess so, yeah. That's crazy. That's what the policy said. That's crazy, bro. That's crazy. So I got my bank, man. So let's talk about how to utilize... A bank, because last episode we talked about uh, why it's important for you to get inside a BWO and learn how to get your bank. Okay, I got my life insurance policy. All I know growing up is if I die, my family gets something. But brother Ben, I mean, what if, you know, uh, shoot, I I, I want to use it while I'm alive. Or, you know, this is the remedy to, you know, um, if I die, maybe this can help them pay for the funeral or get them some money back after I'm dead or whatever the case may be. So how do I utilize it? How does a business person, how does an investor use it while they live? What are some things that I can do with my policy? Well, there's a couple of things um, in myths that are out there that says that if you get a whole life life insurance policy, you can't use the money for three years and you if you stop paying it, you lose your money that's in mm-hmm. it. All of that is some bullshit. We gotta be keep monetized bull stuff. Now, when you say uh, if if you if they said if you stop my if you stop paying it you yeah. lose it. Let's let's bust that first enough. Well, um, what does that mean? Um, what they're saying is because in some people who don't know how to actually build banking policies, when you're building your policy and you see in the cash reserve it says zero zero zero, that's what they're saying. Like all this money you put in for three, four, five years, mm-hmm. and it says zero 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 zero. If you stop paying your policy, you get nothing. Mm-hmm. And in those policies that are built like that from people who don't do what we do, they're right. But in the reserve, ours, within 31 days, you get access to 50 to 65% uh, of the capital that you put into your policy within 31 days. So if you were to stop paying on your policy, you get what's left in the reserve. You don't you don't lose all of your money. You get what's left. So say, for an example... You 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 uh somebody put a hundred thousand dollars into a policy. Let's let's say ten thousand dollars into a policy because you know people be like everybody got a hundred thousand. Ten thousand dollars into your policy, you got access to sixty four hundred dollars. If you were to stop paying your policy, you the other money paid for the death benefit. So if you were to stop paying your policy, you'll get sixty four hundred dollars in a check cut to your house, and you literally had what was in your savings reserve. And so that misnomer that people talk about typically come from salespeople and usually people who have not done true research to understand um, uh, financing, um, using uh, policies. Um, And it typically come from like MLM type financial firms and financial companies that have one way of thinking. But here's my thing. I don't know anything where you put some money in and it's going to pay you dang near 10 times, you know, immediately if something happens to you after you die. I don't know any other vehicle you can put your money in and get that type of death benefit or get that type of your family, get that type of return. And my thing is, if you leasing a vehicle, um, if you leasing your, your, your phone bill, 
you paying on your phone bill, and if you stop, your service stop. Or if you're financing your car. You get your car taken away. So, duh, if you stop paying on it, you lose it. I mean, that should be common sense. Um, So the, the misnomer is it's like buy term investor difference, right? Where you purchase term, cheap, you know, affordable insurance, you get a WAP of death benefit, but a term terminates. Mm. And I'm not against it. I think that everything has its value. So, like, if you and I were to go buy a building and we weren't going to keep that building for more than five years and we're going to sell it, you and I will just get a five-year term on the building because after that five-year term, we, we got the money out the building that we wanted, then we up we sell it when the asset goes up. You can un- I can understand dynamics like that, right? But what they say is, well, when you buy term invested difference, that difference that you're putting in your policy, you can just put it inside of your uh, inside of an investment and that money can go up and kind of do that. And what I tell people all the time is that this is what people fail to understand. I'm not teaching our people investment strategies. I'm teaching our families how to be the bank that pays the people who do the investment strategies. Like, like this is the part that people fail to realize. The bank makes money no matter what. You win, lose, or draw, the bank is getting paid. And what we're teaching our community is how to be the bank. Win, lose, or draw, you're getting paid. And so when it comes to this buy term, invest the difference, you can have more money over time with this money and the investment, and then when you don't need the uh, life insurance anymore, you just let it go and you're self-insured. Well, that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my entire life. Because I've never heard of any bank, any financial institution that says, okay, now we have hundreds of millions of dollars or billions of dollars in our reserves. We no longer need insurance on our assets. Like, imagine Amazon saying we got $450 million in cash, so we no longer need any insurance on any of our assets. Hmm. Like, Like, how vulnerable would you be the whole goal is to create an impenetrable um wealth a foundation that allows for all of us to be able to to grow develop and be able to curate true guaranteed wealth for our family so when i'm building with the construct of building my wealth plan we have to stop looking at life insurance from the lens where your grandma taught you mm. your grandma taught you and i teach this in our course if you were to if you were to type in google Jim Crow life insurance rates, and you go to the Mary Heen PDF from Northwestern uh, University, and you look at the document, the document shows you that slave masters had policies that paid out if you died or if you got sick. That was life insurance. We only learned about the life insurance that if we died. This is why it constitutionally doesn't make sense that black people want to buy it. It don't make sense. Why would I just buy insurance that just benefits me when I die? Like it naturally, that naturally does not sit right with us. We're like, yo, like that's like buying total car insurance, but the car insurance only only works if your car is total. Mm. Like, why would I pay full and then only get something that pays me when my car total? What about fender benders, bumps? What about scratches? What about my window uh, hail? What about um, hail coming from? Like, like, come on, bro. It's called life insurance, not death insurance. So it's supposed to constitute it from there. And so the first thing I tell people is like, listen, bro, I teach my I teach my people how to be the bank. Whatever you doing, whatever y'all talking about, I ain't in none of that. Because all I got to do is look at the bank financial. Nobody's bigger than the bank. And all these, fi- all these financial advisors that be telling our people, bro, don't do this, don't do that. Y'all are just salesmen. 
All y'all do is just recruit agents, try to sell policies, and you take care of your family. Stay over there in your lane because when you come over here, you're going to get whopped because I really do this. When you look at it, the biggest, the biggest answer I got for people is, is nobody's bigger than the bank. Everybody, especially financial advisors, teach our people how to get their credit right. Make sure you use your credit. Build that up. So you're teaching our, our people how to be dependent on a banking system. Well, shit, I'm teaching our people how to be the bank. So we show our people, go look at the assets and liabilities ledger of these banks. Bank of America, Chase Bank, uh, 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 U.S. Bank, Citibank, uh, all these banks, Wells Fargo. And go to line 41. If you go to the FDIC.org, I mean .gov, you can be able to look it up yourself. Go look at line 41 and you're going to see billions of dollars that banks put in insurance reserves. So if the bank do it, and I'm trying to be the bank. Why wouldn't I do it? It just naturally makes sense. And so when I look at that, I we got to, if you understand financial literacy, you're going to understand that you want to get as much bang for your book for the same $1. If I put that $1 in a savings account, all I get is a savings account plus 0.4%, whatever the bank gives me, right? That's that. One way. If I put this $1 in real estate, it's in real estate. It may grow equity and value, and I may get passive income. Okay, there's a lot of possibilities in that, right? But nothing concrete and guaranteed, right? So I got possibilities of my money can move in multitude of different ways using the same $1. If I put my money in an investment account, all I got is the money being made on possibilities of an investment account. Well, I want to start with guarantees before I start with possibilities. Like, that's wealth building to me. I'm risk adverse, which means I really don't like risk like that. And you know that. You like risk, like a roller coaster. Like you like, let's just try it, right? <laughs> me, I don't like risk. Why? Because if God is calculated by mathematical, by math, by math and science, and we know God to be consistent, that means that there is some type of guarantee in the construct of who God is. Well, when I'm building my wealth house or I'm trying to build a financial blueprint for my family, I want to start with guarantees. I don't want to start with possibilities. I don't want to start with, shit, let me, let me see what this money going to do. I want to start on some shit that I know is going to be solid. So when I start with that construct, I'm looking at how can I take, first of all, how can I take this $1 and make it guaranteed to do a couple of different things for me using $1? How can I guarantee that? Where can I put it? Let me understand it. And then when I when I look at the structure, I say, well, if I put my money in, 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 in this investment account, there's a possibility I can get wealthy. But there's also the same possibility that that account can be blown. If I put my money in real estate, there's a possibility that it can grow in equity and that I can get passive return from uh, somebody being a resident in there. But there's also the same possibility that somebody may not uh, um, become a renter on my property. And there's also a possibility that my house can lose in equity because the neighborhood may get bad. If I put my money in a savings account, there's a strong possibility that I'm not going to grow it. <laughs> it just ain't going to grow. But if I put my money in an insurance reserve, just like the banks do, there's a couple of guarantees I get. One, I get a guarantee of 4% every year on my money. Guaranteed. Just like there's a guaranteed 3% of inflation. Why is this important? Inflation is the cost of living, right? So, prime example of inflation. Back in the day, you used to be able to fill a, a gallon of uh, gas for 99 cents. 
To fill a gallon of gas today is $2.85. The same gallon, the same oil coming from the same places, but the cost of living had that gas, that gas, gallon of gas go from 99 cents to $2.85. Gas didn't get better. It ain't different gas. It ain't coming from this uh, vibranium gas from, uh, from uh, Prince T'Challa uh, uh, Fortress in Wakanda. It's the same gas. So what is that saying? It's saying that the cost of living is going up. Well, if my dollar, if I took 99 cents, if I took a dollar from my granny and my granny say, hey, son, here's a dollar. In the future, when you when you get your car, use this one dollar and your first gallon of gas is on me, baby. And he he holds this dollar. He put it in a little frame because my granny say that her first dollar of gas is on me. Well, 15 years later. That dollar that you've been holding in that in that little that little savings box, you take that dollar to the register at the gas station and say, "Can I get a gallon of gas?" He's gonna say, "Sir, you're short one dollar and eighty five cents." Why? Because what what you were able to buy back then, you cannot buy now for the same thing. That's what inflation does. It literally depreciates the dollar and raises the cost of living. Side note, which is why I told everybody that the PPP loan was terrible. For our, uh, before our, for our community. Why? Because when more dollars get circulated into our ecosystem, the more it costs to actually live. The less dollars, the less it costs to live, right? So when all these this money got printed, all this money got printed and flooded into our community, we're going to pay for that in taxes. And then the cost of living is going to go up. Same thing, right? So I'll give you an example. Say this, say this cup of coffee, right? This cup of coffee, there's only $5 in circulation. Only $5, right? This cup of coffee um, uh, costs, there's only one cup of coffee, $5 in circulation. There's only five, uh, and this cup of coffee costs $5. Cool. It's two of us, one cup of coffee, $5. It costs $5 to get the coffee. If, if, if the world then printed $200 more, now we got $200 in, in circulation. It's only two of us, and this same cup of coffee is not going to be $5. Why? Because the companies say there's more money. There's more money out there, so I can ask for more money, and you got to give it to me because there's only one cup of coffee you can get. So now this company says there's only one cup of coffee. At first, it was only $5 in circulation. So the, comp co the, co the coffee company that's only one cup of coffee had to sell based on what was available in the market. Well, if you and I still want this same one cup of coffee, and the company knows that there's $200 now in the market, they're not going to still charge five. They're going to charge you whatever's in the market because they know it's value. When it comes to the dollar and us growing, when, when, when you talk about the cost of living growing and the value of dollar depreciating, you got to put your money in some type of asset that's going to keep up with the cost of living. This is called purchasing power, okay? So your purchasing power, your purchasing power has to continuously steadily grow with the cost of living. That means that if $50,000 is spent like $100,000 15 years from now, that means whatever your $50,000 is put in, it has to be able to keep that same purchasing power and it has to be able to um, uh, um, be able to buy $100,000 worth of stuff later. So when I'm putting my money into something, first question I'm asking is, can I get a guarantee that I'm able to keep my purchasing power? Prime example, 
a three bed, two a three bed, a three bed, um, two bathroom house. My daddy bought uh in Cedar Hill. Uh, he bought it for sixty four thousand dollars. That same house is now worth a hundred and thirty thousand. People may say, "Damn, bro, equity on that house is crazy." No, bro, the value of the house didn't increase. The cost of living increased. So $64,000 is literally $124,000, $125,000 today. Mm. So when people be like, bro, you can get equity in your house, like there, you have, you have hyper equity, hyper equity inflation in certain areas with a bunch of productivity and growth. Fine. We're talking about the average neighborhood in America. My dad bought a $64,000 house, cheapest house in the neighborhood. $64,000 house. That same three-bed, two-bath house, with not a lot of renovations, is now worth the 125. Again, the value of the house didn't increase. It's just the cost of living increased. So now $64,000 spends like $125,000 does today. Does that make sense? So with that being said, I got to put my money in a vehicle that can be able to make that same purchase 15, 20 years from now based on the cost of living increasing. Did that make sense, Brother Ben? Mm -hmm. So when I put my money in my, my insurance reserve, the very first thing it does, it allows for my money to stay with the cost of living. That's all I care about, right? One. The second thing it does, it gives my family 5, 10 to 20%, I mean 20 times return and guarantee that wealth is going to be passed down to the next generation. Jake, what do you mean? When I put... $40,000 in a savings account, all my family's going to get is $40,000 minus probate. If I put $40,000 in real estate um, and for a down payment, my family's going to get uh, whatever they sell the house for. Say I put $40,000 $40, down on the house. It's a $200,000 house and I mortgaged it from the bank. Well, $200,000 house, say the house sells for Say uh, that means I owe the bank one hundred sixty thousand dollars. Say the house sells for two hundred thousand um, dollars ten years from now. Well, if the if I owe the bank, um, say if I owe the bank one hundred sixty thousand, the house sells for two hundred thousand dollars. Let's say five years from now, um, and I owe the bank one hundred sixty, and I sell the house for two hundred thousand. What do, what does my children get out that house? You, oh, only thing they put uh, the profit after they sell it, after, which is forty thousand dollars. They mm -hmm. got the money back. That's why they say the best place you can put your money is in real estate in the house you have. Why? Because that's the poor man's savings account. Poor man's savings account is in mortgage in a house. Why? Because shit. If you sell it, you can at least get your money back. You man, your equity gonna grow in there? No, your. You can't access that money. So, boom, I put, my, I put this money in real estate. If, if, if I want to guarantee wealth for my family, the selling of that property doesn't guarantee wealth. I put $40,000 into this house. That's a $200,000 house. If they sell that house, they may get forty, eighty, dollars let's say $100,000 from that. That's not true wealth. I can put $40,000 in an investment account. And what is passed down to my children is 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 predicated on what that account does when I die. Too many variables I cannot control. But if I put forty thousand dollars in my insurance reserve, I can get let's say one point two million dollars guaranteed to my children. Any of those three accounts can they guarantee that? No. You're talking about tax free guarantee. 
So not only did I put forty thousand dollars in, it 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 stays uh with the, I get guaranteed four percent on the money that's in the reserve. I also get let's say for an example I'm using that as an example y'all it's it's dependent on your age your health and all of that, but let's say uh, somebody's healthy let's say they're around 25 26 27 put forty thousand dollars in you'll get one uh, let's say 1.2 1.5 million in life insurance you put forty thousand dollars into anything you get a guaranteed 1.2 percent guarantee that's gonna get passed down to your next generation that sounds like a good deal to me right yeah. I'm not done though. That's a tax-free deal, but I'm not done. And you get access to twenty-five to thirty thousand of the forty after you put it in there. If you put forty thousand in real estate, how much of that forty thousand can you actually get liquid access to immediately? None. None. Nada. If I put forty thousand dollars in the stock market. If I want to access the $40,000, I got to liquidate or withdraw money out of my account, which loses its momentum to be able to build interest. Mm. That's not a good deal. But if I put $40,000 in the insurance reserve, I can access twenty-five dollars to $30,000 of it immediately. And it's, my family still gets a guaranteed one2 I can take that money, go flip the money, and my money is still making 4 to 8% on the money as if I never took it out. See, these are strategies that we got to understand. And I'm going to break that down with, for y'all real quick. Say, for an example, you got 40 Gs. You want to get a 25, uh, let's say, let's say, let's say you got $40,000 and then you want to invest into the stock market. So I put $40,000 in my insurance policy, in my insurance policy, in my insurance reserve, whatever you want to call it. I got $1.2 million of death benefit from that, from me doing that. I can I then go and take $25,000 out of my policy and I go put it in the stock market. What y'all don't know is that when you borrow against your policy and insurance, they don't take the money out your account. So that 25,000 you took out your policy is still making 4 to 8% like you never touched it. So my money's still making 4 to 8% in my policy, plus I got a guarantee 1.2. The insurance company give me 25 out their account. I take the 25 and I go invest it in the stock market. So now I got $25,000 growing in the stock market. I got my same $25,000 getting 4 to 8% plus $1.2 million working on behalf of me. What better vehicle does that? See, when I teach people banking, people think like, damn, when you get this, you could do this. I'm like, no, banking is the essence of what you do everything from. So you build your banking system first and then you operate out of that. For an example, with the Wraith, or let's say with the, uh, not with this Rolex, I just bought a presidential Rolex. It was $56,000. What I did was I took, I took $56,000 out of my insurance policy. I bought the Rolex, which is an appreciating asset. The Rolex was worth sixty thousand. They gave it to me for fifty-six because I bought me and my wife a Rolex, right? So they gave it to me for fifty-six. So the Rolex is already worth sixty. So I'm already up four Gs. Does that make sense with the asset? The Rolex is never going to lose its value. It's only going to increase because it's pure white. It's it's white gold. So it's gold, it's white gold. So it's going to continue to grow in value as long as the the gold grows in value, right? So I took fifty-six thousand dollars out of my policy. I bought a watch that's going to appreciate an asset and my $56,000 that I pulled out of my policy is still making money in my policy like I never took it out. 
So what would be a liability to some people is a double asset to me because that money's still making money in my policy. And I bought a Rolex that's going to grow in value too as well. When you when you're making moves like that, now things now 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 the moves that you make are literally asset to asset, not asset to liability or liability liability. What I mean by liability to liability is that cash as we know it on on the actual dollar bill that you have, it literally says debt tender. Mm. It literally says I ain't got no I, I ain't got no cash in there. Uh, it literally says debt tender, which means is that. The dollar bill is a tender to all debts. It has no asset back to it. Anything that is not backed by an asset is a liability. So when you are as a person, as an entity, if you're not backed by an asset or insured, you are a liability to the next generation. You have no value. You are depreciating asset. You're depreciating every single day. Mm. You're no different than a dollar bill. That's why every person, entity, and corporation, you have to be backed by some type of asset. Until you have a business that can back you, gold that can back you, things that can back you, you got to have insurance that can back you until you can have insurance and other assets. So when I make purchases, people look at the uh, Rolls Royce as, as, man, that's a liability, bro. Listen, first and foremost, when you buy exotic cars or extreme high foreign cars, you never buy a car brand new off the lot you allow people who don't got the money you let them lease the car for the first three to five years because they're going to literally drive away all of the money that you would have lost when it comes to the depreciating value of that of that car once the three to five years is up that Rolls Royce or that high value car is typically going to keep its value over time it loses about 46 to 56 percent of its value within the first three to five years. Why? Because that was the markup for the profitability of the company. That was the markup price. So they got to make their bread. So you let the people who ain't got money or that want to use the bank, you let them lease it. It runs the profit down and they drove it for 35, three to five years on a lease. They got to do the write-off, whatever they want. And now you can go get that leased car, which had limited uh, driving uh, miles on it. You get a car that's three to five years old, especially a high-value foreign car, Rolls-Royce, Bentley, C8 cars like that. You get the car with less than 10,000 miles on it. That's a brand-new car. You got a car with 10,000 miles on it. It's not going to depreciate in value, and it's literally, a ca- it's literally a place you store your cash, and it's an asset. So when I brought the Wraith, I pulled money out of my policy. I bought the Wraith. When I bought the Wraith... Now I got a car that's pretty much going to keep its value on it um, as much as I want. And then that money is still in my account making money. What I'm saying is there are many different ways that you can be able to play this game. But the first way that you need to be thinking about is how can I become the bank? How can I become the funding source? And you can't become the bank unless you have some type of product or service that you're offering the community or the public so that you can literally use OPM. The commercial banks, commercial banks do not print money. Only the Federal Reserve does. Commercial banks take other people's money and they make money off of that. Commercial banks get money from the Federal Reserve at 0.25 to 0.5%. They get banks, they get money from other banks at 0.25 to 0.5%. And they get money from us at 0.8 to 1% 
to be able to manage and use that money. So in a commercial bank, they offer services and products so that we can give our money to them. They grow our money from there. So when you're trying to operate like a bank, you got to ask yourself, what products and services am I offering the marketplace that makes other people want to give me their money? When their money comes into your system, you offer them your service or your product. Then when you have the money in your possession, the very first thing you do, you don't go buy dumb shit and liabilities. Remember, because the dollar bill is a liability. So then to go take a liability and go buy liabilities is a double dumbass move. Mm. There's no value there. So what you have to do, you got to look at cash like debt cash. Debt cash is something that diminishes in value all the time. The next thing you got to look at is what asset cash is. Asset cash is something that, uh, that, that grows over time. So when you, when you offer a product or service, you get other people's money. When you get other people's money, then you grow the money by reinvesting in more products. Maybe you move the money in the marketplace, and then you put a place for a reserve in its space uh, using insurance reserves just like the bank. So what you got to do is you got to learn how the banking system works. You got to learn how to become the bank and you definitely got to tap into us um, so that we can actually teach you exactly how what we've been teaching families all across the world um, how to do. And if you want to get on our text list, text bank to 281-524-3973. Text bank to uh, 281-524-3973. And this is the ABS Bros Podcast. My name is Brother Ben X. And I'm Dr. J. Taylor Jacobs. Peace.